0: I believe in lateral structure uh, of like everyone has to have a voice um, and I want to I want to empower people and I've noticed that giving people a platform uh, allows them if, if, you, if you don't put them in a box, if you give them space, it allows them to bring what they actually want to bring and if they enjoy doing what they're doing they'll they'll give it as yeah. opposed to telling people what to do. so um, but it's important to remember why you're here. what are you mm-hmm. doing? And this isn't about the ego. Um, so if there is dis- disagreements, just re- you can always make different groups. Like that's the thing. You, you don't have to have everyone together in one. I believe that just like in nature, like uh, the com- just the complexity complexity of ecology builds resilience. I think the complexity of our of our community networks also builds resilience. Like the fishermen and the bakers working with each other to create something. To, you know you know.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Psychical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am your host, Dara Duce, and I am here to help you be your most embodied self. I am a holistic health coach, body worker, herbalist, and priestess of the Avalon Rose lineage. I am here to assist women and men to come back to their natural pace following the rhythms of their body and nature around them so that they can open up to their deepest layers rooted in pleasure and soul purpose enjoy this episode my love today's guest is owen and owen is a master's student of environmental science researching fungi as a bioherbicide. He is also a postgraduate of Environmental Protection and a founder of the Gaelic Woodland Project. The Gaelic Woodland Project is a charity run by volunteers who share a desire to heal the wounds of history through empowerment, stewardship, and gardening. Beautiful.
0: that's the sound of the forest returning quite ironically
1: welcome everyone to this new episode of the cyclical living podcast and today's guest is owen um, i will not pronounce your last name because i'm a little scared to <laughs> know maybe you can pronounce your last name very irish very beautiful um, so yeah
0: yeah it comes from the west it's called uh, connecton
1: connecton yeah welcome owen connecton
0: Thank you for having me, Sarah.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I consider you as my soul brother. I um, I, I met you in Ireland. Uh, we met under the Declaration of Independence in Ireland. <laughs> um, I think that's a moment that I will forever remember and uh, keep with me in my heart. Um, I'm so happy.
0: The image is in my mind. It's in my heart. It's imprinted forever.
1: Yeah. yeah and i'm i'm really happy to have you on here um so we already had your brief introduction before but i think it's also nice to hear from the person themselves in regular words um so could you just briefly share with the listeners who you are what you do what your passion project is um yeah
0: okay um my name is owen hello um so I live in Ireland. I live in Dublin. I spent many years traveling the world and I came back um, in 2019. I've been reconnecting with the land, with my homeland. And it's been a journey Um met some beautiful people. And we've built a project. Uh, it's called the Gaelic Woodland Project. And it's essentially just people coming together and trying to make things happen. So we're uh, clearing invasive species from native woodlands. Uh, we're saving money to plant a forest. In the Midlands, dedicated to the land, dedicated to the Irish diaspora. And I, initially, it was about the trees. Hmm. I like think that was just the idea. But uh, it's, now I realize it's about community and connection. And that's what I'm really feeling it these days. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell, I suppose.
1: Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful um, that transformation. Maybe just a side note what do you mean with invas- invasive species?
0: Oh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's a whole story. Um, yeah,
1: but maybe briefly and then, yeah, or, yeah. or as so long as you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's an invasive species that, uh, it's a tenacious plant that comes from Turkey and it was brought okay. here in 1890s as part of English landscape gardening. And it's okay. still edging today, but it grows pervasively and mm. uh, poison, poisonous leaves, so... Mm. And just don't graze upon it. Uh, It's evergreen, so in time it eventually just blankets the forest floor, and it's wiping out our forests. Mm. Uh, And if you look at a map of like the level of infestation across the island, it's it's pretty bleak. But we had this uh, we had this uh, this moment of satori, like a realization that this is an environmental crisis, but it's also an opportunity. I think that's. like inter- integrating ideas together to see what you what's something new that you can create from it. So we're taking this uh, invasive species. We're doing it all by hand. Soft wood. We're cutting it down with okay. saws, stacking it, drying it, turning it into firewood, and we're going to give it to uh, people in the, the winter.
1: Mm.
0: So have, there's like seven or eight of us. We just started a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that, that's what we're at.
1: Yeah. Um, for everyone who wants to see the process on Instagram, I've been following it and. <laughs> It's really epic to see like just like with these saws and hats just, like doing these trees and cutting them down well plants it's more it's more like bushes it's, it's, it's like not a really tree. it's more like a bush like a big bush.
0: It's a, it's a shrub and a shrub, the, the shrub mm-hmm. So much respect so much respect for that plant uh, and everyone who works in, in this in this uh, in this stewardship they all mm. feel the same by the end of the
1: day. Oh wow.
0: Respect. That's really
1: epic because I mean I would imagine to just rage on it like you. Ugh! You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> just like be massively angry, but I love that you say that you have respect for that plan.
0: <laughs> it, it was it was a process. It was a process. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: My friend friend of mine said it. It's unapologetic commitment and uh, and striving towards life yeah. demands respect.
1: Um, yeah. Hmm, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. All right. So beautiful introduction and already like in 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 the more of um the nitty gritty of what it means to yeah, just safeguard I feel also Ireland's indigenous plants and animals and ecosystem. Or that's really how I, I think about you. <laughs> it's really like that Guard, guardian of ireland's natural biodiversity um yeah uh so owen this podcast is called the cyclical living podcast and i love to start by asking what cyclical living means to you because i know for whenever i talk about it and i talk about it a lot <laughs> um is that people are always like what is that and they they find it something very strange and very out there and maybe yeah i don't but (laughs) i also love to hear from the guest speakers of how they feel about cyclical living and what it means to them
0: truthfully i had never heard of cyclical living before your podcast and after listening to the first one it just made sense Mm. and i could fit it over moments and and phases of my life like that's that's actually what that that has led to like very positive times for me when uh, it was looking at the seasons i think was the introduction to it mm-hmm. and yeah to with those seasons mm. uh, and that lesson came pretty late in life to be honest i think in my 20s it was non-stop it was in my 20s it was non-stop but this feels so right. Like I, I, feel the height of summer now, mm. time of action. Um, and I know that autumn is coming and then into the winter, and then that's going to be a time for dreaming and, and, and scheming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: cooking over the pot. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. A little bit of music and, and sitting on the fire. Yes. Um, but yeah i I think it's different listening to your previous guests i i feel like cyclical living fits so well with the menstrual cycle um and i i I don't have that experience so i remember speaking to a teacher of mine years ago about this and he said that for a man without that cycle to ground them into their body they can go a little a little a little too high you know Mm. and uh and that we must bring it back to our breath to breathing so from that that would be one of the practices that I use to actually try and encourage that to, to ground myself down. Um, well, it's, it's a, it's a process and uh, I want I want to nurture that and see what it can bring, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. And that's something that I've noticed as well as a lot of people um, link cyclical living with the menstrual cycle. And I used to as well, um, massively, but, um, I don't know, just like recent visit to Avalon Glastonbury, where we were just speaking about before the the podcast was turned on, like the record was turned on. Um, It was this opening up and I felt like, no, it's also for the masculine, for the male. Um, And especially for my personal research, I find it very interesting to look at the farmers. And in my lineage, it was the men um, who held so My grandfather, well, my father comes out of a uh, a lineage of farmers and really live with the land. And so that's very seasonal and cyclical um, to me. So I feel it's also a very masculine thing. Um, And it's just a very human thing because we're living on a planet that is cyclical. Um, But I love how you say that for men. It's really about bringing it back to the breath to bring it into earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... Yeah, that, I love that idea. Um, and then I'm also thinking that if you can bring it even further down into the pelvic floor, because that's also a power source for men, not just for women. Yeah, of course, for women, you have the physical womb there, but for men also like that groundedness in the pelvic floor. And, and I don't know, I always see this vision of these Maori warriors doing the haka. They stand like, firm in their pelvic floor and that's grounded as like so solid (laughs) and it's very masculine in a way as well. Yeah. All right. Um, so, okay, let's go over to the next question where, um, I feel that what, what I love to ask is where you feel that cyclical living, um, doesn't get its way in modern day times so in modern day times we're, we're living in a very linear way mm-hmm. and how do you experience that linearity and where do you feel that that linearity might be um, not in harmony with the earth and do you have a personal challenge with that or is it more of a broader society thing view that you see and can you speak to that a bit
0: uh well there's nothing straight in nature is no there <laughs> So to, to live linearly is is like defying uh, is defying nature. Um, I, I, I'm very skeptical of um, this idea that we're always progressing somewhere. Like we have to get things and build things, and it's like, could we not just take care of what we have for a bit? Um, I think society and its I don't want to get uh, political about this, but I think this chasing money and money being the central of everything. Um, you can accru- you can accrue money every day of the year. But when it comes to working with the land you have times of the year when, and I think as you said like if you work on, with the land if you're a farmer you're in that cycle you are grounded into that cycle and from living yeah. in a city of living on a farm and um, being close to the land is like it's like a, it's a helping hand mm-hmm. uh, like yourself I feel uh, there's a purpose there's a reason why I'm in the city and um, yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that are very, just same, same, same heart space. And they, 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 they yearn for something more They, mm-hmm. they want to land. They want clean water. Um, so I, I think wowed by the lights of the, the somatic delights of the city and this, the, there's a lot of temptations and pleasures out here that we're really not built for. Um, mm. And when you get out, when I've been out and around the fire, it just, the the pleasure of a hot cup of tea <laughs> yeah it's um, yeah for me I think set, setting is very important and um, I, I say for me I, I I adapt to my surroundings and mm-hmm. the city you get pulled into a, into a frame <laughs> you have to be more d- disciplined in the city
1: <laughs> more, more mm-hmm. so yeah yeah for sure that is because you know if you don't live in the city you go outside and you immediately come in close with the the reality of the seasons at that time whereas in the city it's it's easily masked i mean even though in the in the winter it's more cold and in the summer it's more warm but 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 you don't see it like the vision of it is it's clouded in in the concrete and all of that Um, And we were speaking about that just before and that I think it's very interesting, whereas I live in Flanders, heavily densely built area of Belgium, like super densely built and they just continue building and building and building. And a part of my soul really is like, oh, but I'm so in tune with nature. And I really want to live in the forest. And I've been thinking about going away and going into forest. And actually, very long time, I thought about going to Ireland. But then I heard the story of you, where in Ireland also, there are no forests anymore. like At least not the ones that the ancient Druids would take care of. Um, same in Scotland. Um, in England, you have these forests. um, still but also in a very small area and for me what really kept me in Flanders, or is keeping me right now in Flanders, is that if i want more nature there is this big voice in me that says create it because we as a species humans like if all let's say quote-unquote hippies the ones that love nature would go into poland or those spaces where there are still native forests what well, and we're gonna take up space there, and then we're going to end up destroying the forests there. So I feel there's no use to go to these ancient. Well, of course, I mean it's nice to go there and visit there, but I feel it's also more important to stay here and um, get back the nature and the the biodiversity of the the indigenous land where you're living upon, even though it doesn't seem indigenous because there's so much concrete and city and whatnot still there is opportunity for us to bring that back. And I feel that's what you do very much. Um how do you see that?
0: Well, well said. Well said. Um I going back to what you're saying it's like do you want there are many ways to live life. There are many ways to live life and um, you know good luck. Find <laughs> find fine, <laughs> fine. Fine makes good. you happy makes you feel complete. Like I've got, I've got friends that have been incarnated in this body, and they're here to, they're here to rock and roll. They're here to enjoy life. Um, but yeah. if you feel like so many people, I mean, you feel it as well. People, it is like an idea. It's something that's resonating, and I think a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot more ubiquitous than than we may think. If sometimes we're by ourselves dreaming up of these things, that there's a big community of people that are feeling the same. The yeah. call to stewardship. The call to take care of the land. And I think it's if you choose, like, if you want, you can find a piece of paradise, and you can you can live your life there, or you can try and make it. You can try and make paradise. And um, I think it's really interesting, like in the Judeo-Christian teachings, the very beginning in Genesis, like Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were gardeners. That's Mm -hmm. it. They were gardeners, and and you know, we must tend to our garden, and that's that's it. I'm not even a great gardener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lazy gardener as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. but that's really it. I think for me, like, it's like a calling. I think that's why I'm here. Mm. It gives me great joy and uh, seeing things come from the abstraction into the manifestation. Like I've been dreaming up this idea or it was given to me. I don't take credit for it at all. Um, about three, four years ago and it's only in the last, uh, 10 months, that things are starting to really, really come together. And the joy that I'm feeling, uh, seeing community come together and people working together. And um, it's a really powerful thing. (laughs) It's a really powerful thing. Everyone is working. Everyone is like sweating in the forest. Um, And we play the music Mm. music as we take down the larger laurels is just to help transmute that spirit, you know, like we're, mm. we're learning and we're connecting with the land and with each other. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want. Cause we have so much power when we work together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big thing of we don't need to do it alone. Um, there is a big teaching going on in the mainstream culture where a strong independent person does everything on its own and climbs to the top of the mountain all on its own when that never was the case. Um, you touched upon the ancient Judeo-Christian storyline. Well, everyone knows Jesus, but we forget that he was surrounded by this huge community of souls doing the work together. It was, he was not alone. And I mean, not even to get into the nitty-gritty of the, the religion, <laughs> but but that's also a big teaching that I have, where I have this tendency to do it all alone, but it it becomes so heavy. And we cannot really see, um, we cannot do it alone. And no one asks us to do it alone. We are in this together. And that's the power of coming into community. So I love how you say that you started out with this idea of bringing back this native woodland. But now you're in this community together. um, Yeah, taking away these invasive species, and then maybe also planting. A new forest, or is that still somewhere yeah, in the future?
0: That's away in the future. Hopefully next year. Hopefully next year.
1: Ooh, that's not that far oh, in the future. No, it's not.
0: Well, it's. it's I, I've I've relinquished I've relinquished the um, the expectations. Yeah. No, like and you know, like, uh, I got so stressed out.
1: <laughs> oh, tell us more about that, please, if you want.
0: Oh yeah, let's let's, go, let's crack open that. that <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, because I feel a lot of people will empathize with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, it's just uh, you feel alone. You know, mm. you really do feel alone, and you're wondering why you're carrying this torch. <laughs> you know, mm. just something is telling you that you, you have to keep on going. But like, I had to take breaks. Like at one point, I I burnt out. Um, I actually went to, it was first time I ever went to a herbalist. Um, because uh, my nerves were, were racked because I was, I was in university, I was working a job and I just started the company and I was trying to turn it into a charity and nobody wanted me to, <laughs> nobody wanted me to become a charity for so what I kept saying no I was rejected rejected it took 16 months and throughout that time you know it's uh, hardships right real hardships and sometimes you have to take a step back and um, to preserve so uh, I, I saw that within myself like I'm not well I'm not. Mm giving too much that there's nothing left in the well within myself mm. Mm. So uh, yeah I, I took a step back I took a step back and now I've adopted an approach where I'm thinking long-term longevity and cooperation so yeah well, yeah I, I, I do, it does it doesn't matter really as long as the people are together and just that that's 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 it Um that in itself is its own reward. Like perhaps what we're actually trying, perhaps what we're actually working towards is something that we don't even know. Mm. You know, the goals that we have, the callings that we have, when put together in a mosaic, create something better. So just support each other and uh, go go easy on yourself. Go easy. That's what I say to myself, just uh, there's so much life to live and you don't need to put yourself into a single track mind where the only thing I want to do is this. Um, you have to nurture all aspects of yourself
1: yeah I hear that and I recognize that as well in the one-on-one coaching that I do is where we especially in one-on-one containers we can get so intent on um, working through the shadows bringing up the shadows to the consciousness so that we can become a better person of ourselves and that's supposed to be then the new age I'm thinking that's hugely stressful <laughs> where's the joy where is the enjoyment of just being alive this morning I woke up and I um, filled my pan of water and it was just out of the tap and I wasn't even aware of that but just like that being able to take drinking water from the tap that filled me with so much joy this morning and I was so grateful for that and I never do that most of the time I'm a quote-unquote bad spiritual person because most of the time I just start with opening up my phone (laughs) and checking uh, the the news flashes of whatever is going on there. But it's beautiful is that um, when we kind of step out of that and we just come back to what truly matters, why we're doing what we're doing, we're doing it ultimately to connect, to be grateful, to have joy, or maybe to weep together if that happens because ultimately that that's part of life as well right and so it's really beautiful to see that you have community however I imagine and now I'm just going to do what I've just said and really destroy my point and my whole moral and i was just gonna have it anyway I imagine that working in community is also difficult because I know for me that's Maybe I'm too much of like a loner in that way where I really want it my way. But of course, I'm also learning. But there's like this point where your your intuition is pulling you towards a, a certain way. And then there's people in the community that have another vision. How do you bridge that? How do you or does that happen in your community? Or is it more of like, no, we're all on the same page. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. Our group isn't too big yet, you know, so. Yeah. It's grown um, through friends and and, and family. Mm. Uh, But yeah, I I can definitely see that being an issue in the future. Uh, I I was a tour guide for many years, so I used to take people, like 30, 40 people out for three weeks at a time, you know? Mm. Um, So I'm kind of firm. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I believe in lateral structure uh, of, like, everyone has to have a voice. and i want to i want to empower people and i've noticed that giving people a platform uh, allows them if if you, if you don't put them in a box if you give them space it allows them to bring what they actually want to bring and if they enjoy doing what they're doing they'll they'll give it as yeah. opposed to telling people what to do so um but it's important to remember why you're here what are you mm-hmm. doing and uh, this isn't about the ego um so if there is dis- disagreements just re- you can always make different groups like that's the thing you, you don't have to have everyone together in one i believe that just like in nature like uh, the just the complex, complexity of ecology builds resilience i think the complexity of our of our community networks also builds resilience like the fishermen and the bakers working with each other to create something to, you know you know um so our our goal is very simple and um, i think the simplicity of it, it eliminates a lot of those um those junctures where people might disagree with things, very simple, we're just getting land and we're just gonna plant a forest. And while we're at it, we're gonna clean the forest. And if you wanna come, you can come, it's a physical day out, there'll be food, there'll be song, but you gotta show up.
1: Yeah. And if you
0: show up, then you're in and you're working together, you wanna to support each other, make sure everyone is safe. Um, so let's see, well, as we grow bigger, we're, we're, <laughs> might be easier said than done.
1: <laughs> yeah. and I. Well, what I really hear in that is the power of the masculine. Because um, I, I, I work with a lot of groups where, well, I, I have worked with a lot of groups where it's just the feminine, and the feminine really loves to just like talk about the emotions and and oh something a decision needs to be made. Okay, let's all really dive into how we feel about this. And yes, that's important. But I feel like the masculine is like, no, let's keep it simple. This is what we're doing. So that's what we're doing. And then, right? And then just taking action with that and really uniting the two. So it's not about disregarding the emotions. It's not about disregarding the action, but bringing them together in this way. And then keep it simple. I love that. Keep it simple. Don't make it too difficult. Um, but that's really beautiful. Side note, I felt like you just literally invite invited people. So maybe for people who are like, I want to get into that. And I'm from Ireland and I'm, I live in Dublin. <laughs> Where can they go to?
0: Um, we're doing work in Meath at the moment. Uh, we go out every two or three weeks. You can reach out to us, uh, Gaelic Woodland Project. Um, check us out. We have a website. Uh, we have an Instagram thing. And we do um, a newsletter, which is going out soon. Mm. And yeah, it's inclusive. Everyone's welcome. Um, so yeah.
1: Reach yeah that's really beautiful hello dear one allow me to quickly jump in here do you want to go deeper into the topic of cyclical living then the cyclical living masterclass might be something for you are you done pushing yourself from an empty cup Or do you feel on the verge of burnout or tired from this zombie-like state of living completely void of pleasure? Well, when you learn how to live in a way that is rooted in your body and nature, you cultivate resilience. You are able to tap into the deepest layers of yourself and bring them out to the world to share. In the Cyclical Living Masterclass, I'll be teaching you just how to do that. This Masterclass is for activists, new paradigm leaders, sacred rebels who want to change the system from the inside out. And for all those who would like to live a life based in sole purpose and pleasure. Follow the link in the description box below to enroll. And it is my deepest pleasure to welcome you there, my love. Now back to the episode. If you would suggest people how to live in a cyclical way, what do you say to them?
0: I would say, for me, my, I would recognize the changing of the seasons. Um, and that's good by looking at the length of the days. Uh, the, so for me huge thing is uh, going out to Log crew in Meath. That's uh, 27 cairns atop a hill uh, in the kind of the spiritual center of Ireland and it's a beautiful site. Um, so I would go there on the shortest day of the year um, and uh, we would uh, we would watch the sunrise there and you're going to recognize that this is Oh, no, forgive me. Sorry, forgive me. That's Newgrange. I also go to Newgrange. That's
1: that's the solstice. <laughs> uh, I actually what? don't know what these places are, so. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. is, so these are cairns. Ireland's... Um, in What's the, a mid-
1: ca- car-, car?
0: A carn is a mound of stones with an inner passage chamber that's buried in earth or was maybe once covered in quartz. These things are four or five thousand years yes. old. The yes, yeah. longest and shortest days of the year.
1: Mm, yeah like the stone uh stonehenge to make it simple something like that but stonehenge is up and then the the current is under the earth
0: the current is up and under it's, okay
1: yeah you, you
0: got to experience it yeah, gotta, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah
0: but yeah so recognize those days so i would put intention into the the longest day of the year yeah this is the peak of it absolutely live it enjoy it um, and then when, it, as you're coming into the shortest day of the year, remember this is a time for rest, kind of a bit of a hermitage, come back, reflect on where you've been, reflect on where you're going. I think it's really important to look at, uh, for me, looking forward, like, okay, in a manageable chunk, in 12 months, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can break that down into smaller things if you want, but I just go for like a general direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but checking in like that with the seasons, with the the lengthening and shortening of the days, that that. that that's from, that to me is a great tool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, for me, it brings great peace. Truly, it brings so much peace because um, I just tell myself when, whenever something doesn't happen right now, I'm just like, okay, fine. It's it, The seed has been planted and it will sprout and grow in due time. And, you know, just keep working on it and giving it whatever it needs, but really allowing that time to take its course. And that also counters today's culture where it's a lot about, I want it right now, right now, right now. I order something tomorrow I want it and I cannot wait. Or stuff, uh, whenever something happens where living with the seasons and all that, it just makes it more, more spaciousness and more ability to relax into it and allowing things to grow naturally. I know a teacher always told me grass doesn't grow by pulling on it.
0: That's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's an expression in Dutch. I don't know if you say it in English.
0: No, we don't. It's the first I've heard of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I repeat that to myself often. Um, yeah. That sometimes we can get so intent also on the goal. But then having goals is really good to steer because if there's no goal, then we kind of get to wallow in the, oh, I don't know where we're going. And um, looking back on my life, I remember that when I was 20, 19 and 20, I didn't have a goal and I was just partying. And at that time I was experimenting with a lot of drugs, but it wasn't in the nice way. It was really about that emptiness and Coming together in groups, and we were all just very empty together, and and there was a lot of like mm, darkness, I think, in a way, but not the the comforting darkness, the more of like the pit of despair (laughs) darkness, and then you you kind of use the stuff to to get oh I'm feeling good, and then the next stage. And so for me as well, like going back to, well, actually first before the cycles, it was first connecting with a bigger goal, also something beyond myself and beyond um, my gratification in a way, which does not mean that you cannot have gratification and enjoyment. I feel it's just about that deeper level of enjoyment, which you can find when you're connecting in with community or doing something with people coming together um yeah how do you see that um
0: sorry i skipped i was <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I i also realized I, I didn't really ask your question <laughs> no but i was just talking about um how the, the um like the goal of something bigger than yourself how that also gives fulfillment mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, um, this is the thing. It's I, 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 I kind of hold my tongue a bit. When I was younger, I used to be quite arrogant and presume that I I know what's right. Y'all, uh, y'all should be listening to me. <laughs> I made poetry to the fact. But um, <laughs> well, I've just kind of cr- cr- taken just taken a step back, a bit of, a bit of humility. And um, there are so many ways to live your life. And um, for me, purpose uh, is is it like as part of like a grand tapestry and we're just here for such a short period of time. If we look at history, we can see so much wrongdoing, but so much good things as well. And we can be one of those shining weaves, you know, in that tapestry and we can make something happen now. But when we're gone, that's it. We're blessed with breath now. We're alive now. We're alive. That's not going to last forever. And that's thing something in the West, in this linear society, they don't want to know what's at the end <laughs> of the line. <laughs> so um just flow into it mm-hmm. flow into it so it's, and yeah uh seneca said uh only only those who live well can die happy um <laughs> so for me this is it and um, but it's it's like also not like narrowing myself down to that and there because i have like a hermitage tendency mm. i i'm an introvert you know mm. so i have to nurture that social side like i actually have to do that uh, if i don't take care of my body i will start to drift off into bad spaces so i have mm-hmm. to i have to work out so these things like getting to know yourself but what what it is you actually need and yeah. like when when you were young like i definitely I abused uh, drugs and drink for many years and you know i had a great time um <laughs> yeah. but I was like a hungry ghost like those things like those experiences that I was like chasing that wasn't actually what I wanted
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah I, I think that's a pitfall that a lot of young people fall into and uh, mm-hmm. drinking partying is so glamorized um,
1: yeah mm, and I mean it can be fun um, because living with the flow is actually something that I've learned from an LSD trip <laughs> so it's not all bad um but like you say i i I really recognize like the hungry ghost and then the enjoyment of it and and i feel a lot of it has to do with setting and creating that safety and having a sense of discipline but discipline that actually supports you because there's also a lot of discipline where it's we go to the gym every morning at 6 a.m um at the gym but actually, I hate the gym. No, we go to the gym, and that not not that type of discipline. Um, I feel like that is more of like a torture kind of discipline in a way. But this the supportive discipline of knowing. Like, mm, I know that for me is that I drink my herbal teas instead of uh, soda, because I know that I will want to drink something that has a type of sugar. So I just give myself the herbal sugar (laughs) and that is my discipline where I really like just today I was in the store and I wanted to buy soda, but I said, no, that type of discipline. It's very simple, very small, but persistent. It really creates a good container Mm -hmm. and like finding out yourself and knowing where you need that for yourself and where don't. And then also I feel like creating space to then also let it go a bit and just enjoy that when you're at a party, you're not like, Oh no, I can't. Cause I'm on a diet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that does come into cyclical living as well though. And th- don't, don't, don't let it flow into it. Allow yourself to just enjoy the ecstasies of life and uh, let yourself go loose. I'm not saying <laughs> do drugs or anything, but dance, dance, but dance, dance and sweat and just hug people and just completely let it go. And then other days you can just chill, you know? Yeah. It's- that part of your psyche for me going out and dancing I'll go to a rave just for like three hours just to really shake it out but it's like a it's a practice you know I'm really consciously going in there because if I don't do this I won't do it
1: mm, yeah I love that yeah when I'm at a rave I just want to keep going and I'm always angry at my friends for wanting to go home <laughs> the music just take me and I don't even need to do like use any substances it's really like going into it but no I I, I really love that um so yeah I'm just gonna take a sip well cheers thank you <laughs> um one thing that I've been dying to ask you and it's a big question um and it does like take a little bit out of it but I was just wondering like If we have the um, desire to rewild a piece of land, I imagine that's hugely cyclical because I imagine it takes a long time to rewild a piece of land, but how would one do that? (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. so here's a little brief. Um, If you have uh, improved grassland. That is grass that has probably been sown. We, we use a lot of rye grass here. It's just monoculture. The, the soil is enriched with nutrients. Uh, you're going to want to leave that field for a few years to allow the nutrients to... So you come in, you put away the grass and you bring that nutrient level down and that's going to create uh, the conditions for native grasses to grow. Okay. So we can, we can put uh, bacteria back into the soil. We can put mycelium back into the soil. So like the, the this bacteria, like organic matter, which is like carbon, bacteria, fungi, this is like the living part of soil. It only makes up, you know, five, six percent of soil. And when mm. we put nutrients on the soil, we wipe them out. It's like, imagine drinking something that's so sour. That's what the bacteria are experiencing when you put this, uh, this nutrient uh, on the soil. So you want to bring that community back. There's nothing... The soil is the foundation for everything. So, um, yeah, begin with that. Begin with that. And put down native grass seed and maybe do some scarification of the land because everything's been rolled, you know. All the yeah,
1: tar- like, what tar- is scarification?
0: Scarification would be to, like make ditches,
1: okay? Yeah, make, make levels, make, yeah. yeah,
0: make, make holes. So, like if a tree in the forest falls down, its roots are going to rip up this huge hole, you know. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, this, I've this, seen this, those,
0: this, yeah. This <laughs> make, uh, a menagerie, like a topographical menagerie of different habitats, so you oh. want that complexity. Uh, so th- then you can start planting. Um, okay.
1: then, so after uh, three years or so, you can start planting.
0: Yeah, well you'll want to look at the land as well. Where's the water pool? Uh, look at old maps. We've got maps from the 1860s. So mm-hmm. we are trying to restore the river, uh, mm-hmm. which- Made straight in 1963, so we're going to talk to some of the locals. Like, hey, what was the river like? And we're going to go out with shovels and just <laughs> we're just going to restore the river, plant the trees. Um, but to be absolutely honest, I've made up a rewilding management plan that goes through these different things. But it's we just want to create the conditions for nature. Really, mm. uh, I think it's going to be a real learning process. So I don't want to say too much now because in a few years I'll listen. <laughs>
1: that's okay that's the cyclical beauty we can make mistakes now and come back to it later yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and beauty that we grow and evolve you know and, and hone our craft that's just beautiful but I, I love that um, I've never ever thought about creating uh, ditches and, and, and things about that um, yeah I did learn a little bit about the soil um, from uh, Vandana Shiva I don't know if you know her she wrote an incredible book, Soil, Not Oil. Um,
0: I, I believe I know this woman. I think I've heard her. Yes, yes, very powerful woman.
1: Yeah, she's epic. Um, yeah, she, she's, she's really amazing, really strong woman. Um, yeah, but I, I like that. So start with grass, rewild, and then bring in the mushrooms, the mycelium, then bring in the bacteria. And really just like from the inside out that's that's really beautiful yeah and then for trees and whatnot would you plant them with n- seeds in there or would you grow your trees first we're in a, a greenhouse
0: we haven't gotten to this stage yet but there's okay. a few people that we know have been collecting seed native seed mm-hmm. So we're gonna want to make uh, oak the forest of choice uh, s- as the Cecil oak uh, so we'll get native oak seeds uh, birch grows very well with oak uh, we want to make it complex um, yeah. but that'll be a journey as well because we get mm. to plant in the forest and it's going to be here a hundred two three four five hundred years it's going to be there so we can do this now consciously and make a real real experience for people
1: Mm, yeah, um, I love how you say oak and birch. That's also what I've learned by visiting in um, Cornwall, this native forest that there. I've learned that uh, the Druids would call the oak the king of the forest and the birch the queen of the forest and how they beautifully work together and they communicate with each other and they help each other flourish. And um, I also love that story of when an oak goes into like seeding and, and it creates the nuts, that the birch will go at the same time so that the animals would have like this abundance and would not eat, be able to eat it all so that new trees have the chance to sprout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um,
0: the, the oak is a very interesting um, way of uh, preserving itself. It will only release, uh, I think it's a certain oak or so. I, I read it in um, Secret Life of Trees, but they'll release, it's a great, great book, but they'll release their, uh, their acorns not necessarily every year
1: Mm -hmm.
0: off every few years and that's to like control the population of wildlife they don't want uh, to support a wildlife population that's going to eat all of its nuts so it'll do it in fluctuations you know Mm. brilliant yeah (laughs) but uh, yeah the oak is considered yeah the king of the forest and i heard something very interesting before Um, the old irish kingship system was built on the thua which is the tribe and uh, within the tribe, you had different, uh, I think I believe it's called the Ard, um, and there's different levels of responsibility. So when someone was young, they would be given like, a cow and a pig, and their job was to take care of that cow and that pig. And if they're able to do that, they can move on, and maybe three cows. And as it progresses, you end up with, with like people, and the, the kings and the queens would have people that they were responsible for mm. and that they take care of. And uh, the oak is called the king because the oak supports the most amount of life on it
1: oh that just goes straight to my heart that is so beautiful yeah oh I intuitive I I have a baby oak that I'm taking care of and and my father kept telling me like why would you take why would you want to have an oak tree doesn't you cannot eat that the the nuts like but I just love the oak and now I love how you bring in that the oak is actually supporting most of uh, the ones around them so it it creates that abundance and it, it pulls that abundance in as well mm, that's really beautiful um I was you were saying you were speaking something and and it made me think about something but I kind of forgot no I lost it um oh yes how um you say that okay so the 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 forest that you intend on well the ground that you intend on rewilding with that beautiful community that's going to be there long after we are both gone and we're still very young but (laughs) so for a long time to come I loved the idea how you made sure that this forest could then not be reclaimed to be then um, used for factory grounds or whatever can you share that process but yeah. as how you how you thought of that really beautiful thing
0: uh yeah i had a uh, i had like a moment so yeah i, I think like the, this thing has as i as i mentioned before like it's been given to me and there's been a few moments where it's like you know aha ah, you know <laughs> you have to stop everything and like where's my pen <laughs> uh, but there was that moment where uh so the forest is going to be dedicated to uh, ireland and the irish diaspora and there was a moment where We'll give everyone who donates. We'll give everyone um, a piece of the forest. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna do. Uh, we're setting up a grid. We're gonna divide the the land up into all these different patches, all these different plots, and everyone who donates gets one in like a twenty-one year license. So they can they can renew that after twenty-one years. They can gift it to to someone, to their son, niece, nephew, whatever it may be. Um, And that like facilitates this intergenerational cooperation every 21 Mm. years and then if anything ever happened 200 years down the line if anyone wanted to do something with the forest you'd have to consult with hundreds of people and they'd have to come to an agreement so it it preserves it we have it in the constitution that you can never be cut down but you never know
1: yeah (laughs) yeah oh that is really beautiful. That's that um, how you say that the ecosystem becomes strong when it's diverse. And complex, yes. And complex, yeah. Because um, I was once of a group of 70 people, 78 people, we wanted to make a decision. Doesn't happen. <laughs> so I love that. So the forest will be preserved. That's, really beautiful yeah and i hope that that one day i'll be able to visit it and see it in its spring vibration in its child i actually hope that one day i'll be able to help in some way not just visit it but also come and plant a tree or whatever yeah cut down some invasion strengthen <laughs> strengthen in my muscle <laughs> <laughs>
0: nourishing for, for the for the body and the soul
1: yes yes and very cheap therapy
0: <laughs> It's really it's a win-win um no you must come you must come you can I, I would be honored really I'd be honored if you came.
1: Mm, yeah and also everyone who's listening if you want to uh, have a holiday to Ireland and you don't just want to do uh, the basic touristic stuff, Anyone, and, and it so happens that you go out, you guys go out into the woods. I think that would be welcome for people to join then as well.
0: Oh, yeah, this is a revolution. Come on, <laughs> Come
1: on. <laughs> amazing! Well, everything, all the context will be linked in the description box below, so it's easy to find. Um, so my last question that I usually end the podcast with is if uh, the whole world, if everyone would live in a cyclical way, and I know you've mentioned a lot that you won't be able, you won't be the person who says everyone like, what to do. I have that side of me very strong in <laughs> So that's why I am the podcast with this. No, but I mean, everyone's free to do whatever, but still, you know, let's paint a yeah. picture here. Yeah. How would you imagine the world would, would look like if everyone would start to live with this cyclical nature within themselves, within the nature around us as well. Um,
0: good cool question. Um, just playing with ideas. This, just playing with ideas. I don't think uh, the city is compatible with cyclical life. Really, I think people would need to leave the cities and go back to the land. Um, uh. So, it, it, I if if we had a cyclical society, I think you'd have smaller communities that are very interconnected. Uh, you would have localized energy generation, you would have people growing their own foods, you will have anaerobic digestion, people making their own gas, Uh, and that in this situation you become independent, you're connected to the land, Uh, you limit the vulnerabilities, which I think is very important to actually coming to like a state of self-realization is when you actually remove your vulnerabilities. So to know that we have land, we have water, we have food, community, we cultivate this, I think that would allow for, God, I don't even know. I don't even know. It is is it even possible? Um, yeah. I think people will be happier. I think they'd just be closer to the land. I think mm-hmm. that would be good. Um and with maybe maybe more gardening. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And I feel like it's a beautiful like coming together of like the the indigenous gardening first and then using all the technology to make sure that the harvest keeps and doesn't you know, just dissolve so that there's famine and stuff, but really like using the technology to co-create. And then I think that really closes off beautifully our conversation where it's really about relationship and cultivating relationships with one another, community members, humans, but also with nature, which in essence, it, it, it is all about relationship and relating and interconnectedness. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just we have to pay attention to it, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah all right thank you so much for coming on this episode and um yeah just so much love to you
0: sarah thank you so much
1: hi my dear this concludes the end of this episode how was it for you i hope it has brought you inspiration and activation for your body and soul And if you feel this episode is something a friend or a loved one should hear, do pass it along. This is deeply loved and felt by me, so thank you, thank you, thank you, baby. (laughs) If you feel the pull to work deeper with me, come and say hi through Instagram, or you can find me at Doussara, that is D-O-U-S dot, s-a-r-a-h or check out my offers on my website tuspartus.com that is d-o-u-s-p-a-r-d-o-u-s dot com and for now I wish you so, so much cyclical bliss deep love, Sarah